Well, gird your loins, you gays. The Devil Wears Prada is my number 10. Um, I think Meryl is tremendous in this movie. Um, she's iconic and hilarious, and it might be one of her more seen movies by general audiences today, considering it plays on VH1 like four times a week. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's, you know, endlessly quotable and memeable. And a lot of that has to do with Meryl's uh, fantastic performance. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about it that hasn't already been said, but um, for some reason, it um, the other nine that I have are just a little bit more uh, my tempo, um, even though I do absolutely love her in um, The Devil Wears Prada. So that is my number 10 of Meryl's nominations. All right. My number 10 is The Post. Uh, first of all, incredible Captain, one of her best costumes in film. Um, and I think this is by far her best nominated performance of the 2010s because I think it's the most challenging for her. Um, you know, with these others that I've already talked about, it's these big, bold, theatrical, hammy, obvious choices. Uh, a lot of material whereas here it feels like she's really portraying a complex human being and she's really uh well suited for the role she does a lot of great work with her face and all her reactions and the way she's like navigating through meetings and parties and making these tough decisions and all of that really uh makes her come to life i mean the scene of her just like working it out in her head where she she's trying to figure out whether to go to print is I mean, it's kind of a masterclass. She has that uh, gracefulness that makes sense for a character who is used to being like a socialite kind of a woman and in good social standing, but then is also making that journey to be this tough uh, leader. And it's really impressive work from her. And it's a shame that uh, that year, 2017, was so strong that I think she was kind of dismissed as fourth or fifth in that lineup for a lot of people when I, I really do feel that this is some of the strongest work of her career. So full disclosure, like this whole top 10 for me is just, you know, really, really incredible work that it's it's more about just like random placements at this point, more so than a real tier situation. So that's number 10. So it's funny, when I think back to the episodes that we've done and how much Meryl we've talked about, where I place this one is very 180 of where I mentioned it in the episode. And what I mean by that is Silkwood at 10, because, Kevin, you were in this episode, mm -hmm. and I said that I thought Silkwood was, like, top five worst of Meryl's performances. And That's right. I did. I did. Mm -hmm. Now it's top 10. Um, here's the thing. So, I, you know, it's one of those things where I was able to go back and rewatch again from how long, uh, you know, the year or so removed from seeing it the last time. And then kind of figure out where to place it in this lineup of nominations. And I realized I just wasn't very fair to it um, in that episode. I still wouldn't give her the win, but... I would like to retract here and now on the record saying it's one of her worst because it's not. She's actually doing a lot here as 
Karen Silkwood. I mean, she's selling the story at every corner, every inch that she gets. Um, and as a whole in her filmography here, it's really not bad. Um, do I still think it's her greatest? Clearly no, but it's definitely not top five worst, like mentioned before. So you know what? She breaks into the top 10 here with Silkwood for me. Hmm. Growth. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to echo a little bit what um, Kevin had said. Uh, this ranking at this point is really fluid, and um, it's the very definition of splitting hairs here. Um, and uh, any one of these could move any direction at this point, and I'm just making stuff up from now until the end. Uh, but I'm going to go with Silkwood at number nine. Um, I think this is a great performance. I love this uh, grittier side of Meryl. Um, it's a very in-your-face sort of performance, but not like... I think a lot of that has to do with Mike Nichols and the way he tells this story. Um, we are with Karen in a very intimate way throughout most of this movie, um, especially in those brutal shower scenes um, when she is being sprayed with scalding hot water and scrubbed with like, uh, what do you call that? Iron or steel wool stuff. Um, it's uh, really difficult to watch. And um, I think Meryl's performance and Nichols' direction marry each other very well in this film. And um, it's, I, I don't know, it's, it's solidly in my top 10, uh, Meryl. Um, and um, yeah, I'm just going to throw it over to Kevin now. My number nine is A Cry in the Dark. Uh, for me, this performance is so much more than A Dingo Took My Baby. Um, the accent work is pretty spot on, I would say. The wig is kind of horrible, but that's not her fault. Um, this is a really interesting character because she's playing with some real darkness that we don't always see from Meryl, especially these days. Um, doesn't really surprise me at all that she did a lot of comedies after A Cry in the Dark. Um, this is a very tricky character to play because she's grieving for her baby but she's also not like the classic type of grieving mother that people come to expect which is just what makes her so hated by the media and her community because you know there's times when she's just a little too casual about everything that's happening and it's this very fine line that she has to walk and um the scenes where she's on the stand are really tricky because it's like she's navigating so much and trying to prove that she really is concerned for her baby but also to not come across too forced but also to not come across as a bitch you know i th i think there's so much going on in this performance that another actor might not be able to pull off and they might be seen as too likable where i think meryl still has a little bit of that likable Meryl warmth to her that you just root for her and, and you believe her. So that's my number nine. So my number nine <laughs> is Sophie's choice. Um, oh, damn. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. 
here's the thing. First of all, if I had to choose and which children we're leaving, you know what I would say? Both of them. Um, that's just who I am as a person. Deal with it. No. Um, here's the thing. Sophie's Choice is iconic. It is everyone's go-to Meryl Streep. It's kind of annoying that it's everyone's go-to Meryl Streep because it's so like, like for an example, when people are like, oh, who should have won an Oscar? And everyone's go-to is always Glenn Close Fatal Attraction. It's like, okay, that's fine. Now, who's everyone's favorite Meryl Streep? They're like, oh, it's Sophie's Choice. It's just, it's predictable. And I find predictability boring. Um, it's great. I mean, it's iconic. It's, you know, she's iconic. She's wonderful. She is the moment. I get it. But is it is it that iconic to where it's the best thing she's ever done? I would say no. And that's why I'm putting it number nine. Um, it's not my winner of that year. You know, I picked uh, Julie Andrews for Victor Victoria. But it is good. Um, you know, the, the movie's a slog. Uh, uh, what is it? What is his name? Peter Nichols seems very miscast. Um, it's fine. But it's, you know, it's heart-wrenching. And it's impressive on the work. I mean, this is one of those performances where I have to, like mentioned earlier, I have to kind of go into like what goes into this work and i mean she had to learn a whole nother language to play this role very impressive good for you as a whole though i have to put it at nine i mean i think she's done better and i think she you know can continue to still do better so it's top 10 material but that's about it you have been listening to a clip from one of our academy queens bonus episodes if you would like to hear all of this episode and the rest of our sensational bonus content, please prance on over to patreon.com slash academyqueens and join our queendom.